Hi, friends. I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, realtors, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. My guest today is Nicole Saunders. Nicole is a business coach for female-identifying entrepreneurs. She empowers women to grow their businesses by tapping into their personalities and strengths. When not working with clients, Nicole can be found hiking in the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina with her husband and their three dogs while jamming out to a little Mumford & Sons, a girl after my own heart. I love Mumford & Sons. She also enjoys making pottery and is obsessed with personality tests. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me and coming on the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be in, in the same space as another Mumford & Sons fan. Yeah. I, you know what? Mumford & Sons, I, I was a little hesitant when they decided to bring in the, the drums um, <laughs> a couple years ago, but I still love them. I, I just can't get over his voice. It's, they're one of my favorite bands. And I actually had the yes. opportunity to see them at Red Rocks. So that was, <gasps> that was incredible. Uh, now, I, now I'm jealous. I'm super jealous. That's on my bucket list. If they ever go back to Red Rocks, I don't care how much money it costs. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know that, you know, like you said, you enjoy hiking in North Carolina. I know that a lot mm -hmm. of my guests, I, I, I have all of the different business owners here in Denver that I really enjoy bringing on just to share their networking opportunities. But then I really enjoy bringing people that are outside of Denver that are experts in marketing or in their digital digital space that can bring value to the listeners. And that's why I just thought that you'd be such a great guest for today's show. We had the opportunity to connect on Clubhouse and we've been in a lot of the same rooms on Clubhouse and really enjoying uh, a lot of, I've, I've enjoyed every stage that you've spoken on. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. And I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, me too. It's uh, Clubhouse is such a powerful tool. I, I love how it's helped me meet so many people that frankly, I didn't know existed a couple months ago. So Right, exactly, exactly. Well, just give us a little bit of background about you. I really enjoy having our listeners uh, get to know you a little bit before we dive into all the nitty gritty uh, marketing stuff. So tell us a little bit about your background, about where you grew up and what life was like growing up. Yeah, so uh, born and raised in a small town outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, fun fact, I still live in my neighborhood that I grew up in. I actually married my next door neighbor. He's about four years older than me. So um, we grew up together. It was really cool. And I um, went to school at, at all the mountain schools in North Carolina. So I did my undergrad at UNC Asheville and then I um, started grad school at Western Carolina and then I'm um, transferred and finished grad school at Appalachian State University. So our big three public schools here in the mountains, which I guess are kind of like foothills to, to you guys out there in um, the Rocky Mountains. But yeah, I loved school so much. I decided that I wanted to go to grad school and do that as a career and really never grow up. So I spent almost a decade in higher education and working with students and helping them transform and just grow and experience things outside of the classroom, like hypnotists, bands, comedians, um, all of the fun things. And um, eventually my office, I'm um, there was some downsizing across our university and we went from an office of two or an office of four to an office of two within two weeks with no, um, no, no end in sight for rectifying any of the situations. So it was just, you know, basically double the work and no change in pay. So, um, 
I was starting to do this blog thing and Tailwind reached out, which Tailwind is um, a scheduling system for Pinterest and also Instagram now, but um, they wanted to promote my blog. And I was like, okay, I guess I know what I'm talking about. Um, but then I started working with clients one-on-one. So in March, 2018, I decided to leave uh, my job and launch my own business. And I did Pinterest marketing for clients for almost three years, but um, early January, 2021, I decided to pivot. Thankfully, um, I'm really excited to be here. So I pivoted basically from Clubhouse. Uh, I like to say hashtag Clubhouse made me do it. I realized we were all like freshmen in college and it was a blank slate. I could be whoever I wanted to be on Clubhouse. And so I was like, you know what? I'm tired of talking about Pinterest. It's time. I'm switching um, because I had wanted to pivot last year, but my dad passed away in March and then COVID happened. So it was a very um, not so fun year and just kind of had to embrace that suck. So yeah, I finally got to a place where I have pivoted and now I get to pour into female identifying entrepreneurs and help see them transform and, and give them the tools that they need. So yeah. Well, I did want to interrupt you because you, you mentioned Appalachian state and I'm sorry, but we're going to have to end the podcast now because I'm a Michigan fan. And that was the beginning of the end <laughs> for us, for Michigan football fans. Um, when Appalachian state beat us. And I think that we were ranked number one or number two in the country at the time. And things have just gone downhill for us, Michigan fans ever since. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually wasn't at the school that year, but um, yeah, it was kind of, it was a big upset and, and finally put the app state name on the map. So it did. Yeah, it, it did. Cool <laughs> well, and you know, I love you. I love that you told us about pivoting too, because I, I also came from, I was in a department of four, a marketing department of four. I was the, so it was a marketing director, marketing manager, and then um, marketing supervisor and coordinator. And an merger happened and we went from a marketing department of four down to one. So it went from four people down just to the director position. And I was one of the people who was laid off. So I also had to pivot a lot of, of what I was doing because I was like, man, I just lost my dream job. Now what? And uh, that's when I started my company now. And honestly, I, I can't imagine doing anything different. So it's crazy how life yeah. will present these opportunities to us. And it just really depends on how you decide to take advantage of it and see what the next step along the way is going to be. So a lot of similarities here with you, Nicole, and I'm, uh, I'm really can't wait to, to dive into a lot of these business topics that we have planned for the day. So if someone is listening right now and they're an aspiring business owner or a new business owner or are being faced with the opportunity to pivot like you and I were, what's the single biggest piece of advice that you'd want to give him or her as their journey starts? Oh, I would say be patient and just embrace it because like last year when I tried to pivot, I think I just came out the gate like this is going to work and here are my prices and this is what I do now. And it didn't happen. And and thankfully it didn't um, because now I'm at a much better place and um, things happened. But um, this time I think I pivoted much better because I was completely done of what I used to do. And similar to you, Katie, like your job's gone. <laughs> you can't go back to that, right? So um, when I got rid of my old thing, which was Pinterest marketing, and I still have clients, I just don't book new clients, I'm still working with my current clients. But when I quit making room for current for new clients to come in, I was able to then have that space to allow new coaching clients to come in. 
So you've got to quit kind of straddling the fence. You've got to pick one side or the other. It's like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm really going to focus on my new thing. So just knowing too that whatever you say you are is what you are. Like you can be whoever you want to be on the internet or whatnot. I'm not saying to catfish people by any means, but you can change what you do. There are no rules in entrepreneurship as far as that goes. Like you have complete freedom and creative control. Like if you want to be CEO today and tomorrow you're like, nope, I like the founder, uh, the title of founder better. Well then go for that. Like that's, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneurship. So I think embracing it and and not straddling the fence, like you can't be in both places at once. So you really just got to pick what really sets your soul on fire and go for it. I love that you just said that. And I, um, I've spent too much time on clubhouse. I always mute myself whenever we're recording a podcast and I just about started tapping the microphone because, um, that is the silent clap on clubhouse. But I love what you just said there, because as an entrepreneur, that's something that we can do. If you, if you are the founder of your business, if you want to, on the internet, you know, change, I'm, man, you know what? founder feels better. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there who, that I've met on, on the internet that they're like, I don't really don't like the phrase of coach, but I really like the, the phrase of mentor or, so I think that that's one of the, the perks of, of being your own boss is that you can choose your title. Um, and you can really decide on what direction you want to take your business. A lot of similarities. Again, I, I was doing a lot of done for you client work, and now I'm, I've really transitioned a lot of my business to the one-on-one and group coaching. And it's been, it's been phenomenal being able to teach people social media, but I still do enjoy having those clients that I do the done for you social for. So as an entrepreneur, that's one of the, the perks of it. We, we don't have to worry about answering to a, a boss to, or applying for a new job that fits that criteria. If there's roles that we want to take on or don't want to, we have the capabilities to do that. What do you think that some of the biggest mistakes that business owners make when they are trying to grow and sustain a successful businesses? Oh, that's a good one too. I think sometimes we get, we just get too big for our bridges. Like we're like, okay, I'm making like $10,000 this year and next year I'm going to make seven figures. Like probably not going to happen in all reality, but I mean, it could there. I'm not saying it couldn't, it could, but when you focus on realistic goals and sustainable business growth, that's going to set you up for success long-term. Everybody that looks like an overnight success is not like, I know a lot of, um, when Lizzo came out and was really popular, she had been doing this stuff for years. It just looked like she was an overnight success because suddenly she blew up overnight, but she set that foundation and that groundwork. And while it's sometimes not so fun or sexy work, we have to do it right. Like getting your LLC or or your S corp and setting up taxes and bookkeeping. Like that stuff's not fun. At least not for me. I know there are CPAs and people out there who really enjoy it and I'm glad they do. But all of that foundational stuff, that's what's going to keep you running in the long term. And then another part to that I would say is making sure your business is built on what is innately good for you. So as an introvert, um, and people have asked me, hey, do you want to do public speaking? Well, sure. Yeah, I could do that. But it's going to be very draining. And I would be very selective about doing it. I wouldn't build an entire business around that because it doesn't suit my personality. Also, don't really want to, I like traveling, but I don't want to have to leave my dogs and my husband. So you have to build this business around what makes the most sense for you, your lifestyle, your personality, 
you know, if you're a mom and you're a single mom and you have five kids, great. Well, you have to build a business that works for you and what time can commit and all of that. So do not compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 100 because you don't know the struggles they've been through behind the scene. Again, they could look like an overnight success, but they're probably not. So uh, don't get caught up in that comparisonitis game. Right now, those 100% emojis are going off like crazy for me <laughs> over here in my in my head, because that is so 100% true. You don't know the struggles or the, the challenges or the strategies that have taken somebody to get to where they are. And everyone's path to success is different. So it, your path might not be the exact same as someone else's, but uh, it doesn't mean that you should you should stop trying, but, and I 100% agree that stick with what works for you and your business. And honestly, that was a perfect transition into my next question. Cause I would love to, like you said, you were an introvert. I am an extrovert. So like COVID was, was hard on me for not being able to, to have random conversations and meet people. And um, I love having like my neighbors over for like Super Bowl parties and stuff like that. So 2020 was hard. So I'd love to hear how you advise your clients and people that you uh, mentor, how you can use your personality for your business. I know you and I were talking uh, before I hit record here about how you just got some branding photos done. And a lot of people, especially those in the home industry and, and realtors might really might not realize how much they are the brand. I would love it if you would elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah. So not only is your personality in building your business and your strengths important, because it's like, you know, if you're, if it feels like you're going against the grain and constantly and everybody's like, build a course, have a podcast, do this, do that. And you're like, oh, I should do that because everybody's doing it, but it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't line up with you. Of course, you're going to fail at it. Right. So if you find what works best for you, and, and maybe that is the course, maybe that is the podcast, but it could be something else. It could be YouTube. It could be clubhouse rooms, whatever. You have to focus on works best for you um, and knowing your personality and your strengths. So if you're really good at being strategic, but you're an introvert or whatever, you've got to figure out what works for you. And, and it's different for everybody. So it also depends on like what um, personality assessment tool you're looking at. So whether that's Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, Quest, there's a ton of different tools out there. So Okay, I forgot the second part of the question. No, you know, honestly, I'd, I'd love it if you elaborated a little bit about those different personality tests. Some people might say Enneagrams and um, like our disc assessment or anything like that. And I really think that those are really important to think about and to, to take in. Would you mind just kind of elaborating a little bit about what those are? And then we can pop back to um, how you are the brand and uh, how a personal brand is so important. But I'd love it if you answer just the question on the, yeah. the Enneagrams or the personality tests and why, why those are important to pay attention to. Okay, cool. Yeah, so depending, again, on the personality assessment that you're looking at, and Enneagram is really popular right now in the entrepreneur space, and that's the one with the um, star kind of circle looking thing, but there's nine different types, and each type is based on your most core fear and your biggest motivation. So I'm a four, and I'm, well, a forced core fear is being abandoned. I don't have that core fear, but um, everything else lines up with me on that. My um, biggest motivation is being the most unique. And that's part of <laughs> my coaching. I was like, I've got to be the most unique. How do I do that? Oh yeah, personalities, duh. Um, so 
for me as an Enneagram four, I want to be, I want to stand out and not in a way where I want people to look at me, but just where people realize, Hey, she's not like everybody else. So that's kind of Enneagram. Um, Myers-Briggs is another tool. So there are 16 different types within Myers-Briggs, but honestly, there are um, eight letters. So you could be an introvert or an extrovert. Um, You could have sensing, wait, yeah, sensing or intuition, thinking or feeling, and then um, judging or perceiving. And there's lots of definitions with all of those, but the biggest one people recognize is introvert and extrovert. So introverts, we process internally. So you will see us thinking we might look quiet and introspective. And there's a misconception that shy, quiet, or socially awkward people are introverts. That's not true. Extroverts can be the same way. It's all about your processing. So extroverts, they process out loud. So I have a friend who's very extroverted and we're the same Enneagram type, but we look completely different when you're looking at us as how we interact with the world. So she's processing out loud where I'm in internally processing. And then she recharges by being around people and getting their energy. And I recharge by being alone and having my alone time. So um, I used to drive home from my higher ed job and I would drive an hour in quiet, no radio, no podcast, nothing. And then I would come home and <laughs> tell my poor husband, I'm mean, like, I still need introvert time. Sorry. And so that is what you can see the two differences in that. And then strengths. So people refer to this as strengths quest, strengths finder, but it's all from Cl- Clifton strengths. And there are, I think about 35 different strengths and everybody has some of them, but your top five is what you see the most. And so if somebody asks, Hey, what's your, what's your strengths? You can look at those top five and share those. And there's different um, categories. So there might be more of that analytical type or more of that learner type. So there's a whole different ballgame with those. And then there are some other assessment tools. I used to use True Colors with my students because it was very simple. It's only four personalities. So there's orange, gold, green, and blue. And basically, it's all about how you interact with others and perceive the world. So for like as a gold, which is my first color, I'm very organized and um, I like my structure. So where a blue is more relationship based and an orange is going to be more about spontaneity and just having fun and flying by the seat of their pants or green is very analytical. So those are kind of the four that I look at the most, but there are a multitude of other ones out there. So yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think that it's really important too, uh, Nicole, just with how, how important it is to, to realize one, where, where you are so that you can be an effective leader and an effective boss um, or an effective entrepreneur, knowing where you are on some of these tests, but also to know where your, where your employees are, because somebody might not react the same way that I might not react the same as, as you would to a task that's given to us presented a certain way. And so knowing where your employees are on these different personality um, and Enneagrams and uh, all these different tests really is important to help you be an effective and a really good leader. Mm-hmm. For example, I had a student a couple years ago and I was like, I just, I can't understand him. I don't, I don't know why, you know, and I was like, Hey, can you take this test? I had him take the Myers-Briggs and I got his personality back and I started reading. I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And suddenly it made sense. So I was like, okay, well I know he does. He's not going to talk to me about anything that is like 
emotional or anything personal or whatever. Like it's all about, for him, it was all about solving a puzzle and basically a Rubik's cube. So it was like, okay, well, this is how we're going to go about things instead of going about it this way. Cause I had another student also a male and he was very emotional and came in my office and just like always poured his heart out. So it was like, okay, I'm having two very different students and they worked on the same project. So it was very fun. Um, and it was very interesting for like team dynamics too. I think that that is um, something again, that is really important to do for your employees and for yourself, just to know that how everyone handles the situation and everyone handles the task differently is extremely important. So um, thank you so much for going into detail on that and and kind of uh, giving us a a layout of some of the different tests that are out there. If someone is listening right now and they're like, okay, I had no idea that these existed or I didn't realize the importance of them. Which one should I do? Which, Which test do you think people should try and give to themselves and their employees? If you could just recommend one. I think the easiest that doesn't have to have a lot of interpretation is true colors. And if you find it, it's going to have the four colors. So the orange, green, blue, and yellow, orange, yeah, um, yellow, gold. But if it's one that has purple in it, that's the wrong one. Don't take that one. Um, It's like a PDF and you have them add it up. And it's so simple, like, especially because it's only four colors. And my students used to use this all the time. Like, how do I communicate with this student? Oh, they're a blue. I'm a green. I need to say it in a nice way or whatnot. So um, that was a really effective tool and and a very beginner entry level friendly one. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll try and find a good link to it and include it in the show notes here for everybody. Yeah, I can send uh, you one. Oh, perfect. Perfect. All right. So everyone, it'll be in the show notes if you want to find a good one that you can take and, and you can pass off to your employees. I do want to circle back to the the importance of having, uh, of knowing the fact that you are the brand. And um, again, like we, we, you were mentioned earlier, you just had some branding photography done. And I think that a lot of people that are solopreneurs or uh, real estate agents, contractors, it's really hard to realize like how important it is that you are in fact the brand, whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, realizing that and accepting it is just going to help you grow. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So You know, like you just said, knowing who you are, I think is important because once you understand how you operate, you can start showing up for who you truly are. And, and I speak again, as an Enneagram four, we really value authenticity. And I do think that has kind of become a word recently in entrepreneurship that's been watered down. But when you show up as your true authentic self, you are going to attract your soulmate clients. If Katie and I both were realtors and we sold homes, we might have two completely different audiences and that's okay. Here's the thing. When we work together and and we help each other kind of rise the, lift the water, like a rising tide lifts all ships, we are all going to do better and be better. So I'm knowing my brand, if I was a realtor and a client came to me and I was like, those aren't the really the type of homes I work with, or, or, you know, just not an ideal client. And I could refer that client to Katie, like knowing that that client would be an ideal client for her. Like, could you imagine how much better we would all have it? Um, And I've seen this a lot within the coaching industry and in Pinterest as well. So I think that's one thing is knowing yourself and knowing those around you. But when you are showing who you truly are and, um, you know, I did my brand photos because I just dyed my hair purple and I had previously had blue green hair and weird people were talking to me all the time. But 
on the internet, my profile picture had been my blondish brown hair and I hadn't changed it in like two years. And finally, when I went purple, I was like, okay, I need to change this. But really showing who you are. And I did this, there's these like brand cards. I did this branding deck at a retreat I went to a couple years ago. And it was like, my friends at that retreat were like, Nicole, you're a bold brand. You're fun. And I was like, really? Y'all think I'm fun? Okay, cool. Because I always felt like I was giving off this just very... um dominating and person um just very here's how it is kind of vibe and I don't know why I always felt that way and maybe I was a little self-conscious about it but even in college as the sorority president I remember um, this freshman who came through and she joined the sorority and at her big day she was like I was really scared of you I just thought you were so intimidating and I guess that's just what the vibe I give off but the thing is when you embrace who you are and just show that it's a good thing. And now if people came up to me and said that, I would be like, heck yeah, because I'm confident in who I am and I'm going to show up for who I truly am. If I want purple hair and I'm going to be in leggings all day because I work from home, that's who I am. I'm not some corporate person in a suit. So I think once people know you as you, they're going to connect with you more because they know you, they know your story and they want more of that. They don't want just sell me this thing, sell me this house, sell me this coaching service, sell me this Pinterest marketing thing. Like they want to buy things because of who you are. So when you truly have a relationship and they see you and your story and you're showing up on whether that's Instagram stories or clubhouse rooms or wherever, like people want to know, like, and trust you. And that's the best way to do it. I love that. Um, again, I was back here uh, clapping away while <laughs> doing everything I could <laughs> not to, to hit the microphone like you do on Clubhouse. This has been such a great conversation, Nicole. I honestly think that this this could go for an hour, but it is the end of the show. And I, you know, I, again, I loved having you on. I'd love to have you back on as a guest again in the future. But before we finish up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about during today's discussion that you think would be important to share? I think if you are sitting on something, just do it. Like quit holding yourself back. If it's an Instagram post, if it's a YouTube video, a podcast, whatever, hit publish and let it out into the world. Quit trying to make perfect happen. There is no such thing as perfect on this earth. And actually heard this quote a couple years ago that perfectionism is the highest type of self-abuse. And ever since then, I was like, wow, that just flipped my mindset on that. So if you are holding something back because it's not ready, it's not up to your standards, whatever, just put it out in the world. You don't know that one person who might need it and you can help them out. You just don't know. So put it out there and, and quit holding everybody else back because you're too scared. It's not perfect. Nicole, this has been such a great conversation. I absolutely want to have you back again someday. Where can we find out more about you and your business online? Yeah, of course. So the best place to connect with me is Instagram. So I'm at Saunders underscore says, and that's S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S underscore says. Um, and you can connect with me there. I, that's kind of my main community hub. Um, so you can find out more about my coaching there. You can find out more about um, my clubhouse challenge. You can find out more about my YouTube videos, all the things I share on Instagram. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on to the show today. This has been a wonderful discussion. And like I said, I, I would love to have you come back again and we can talk more about, man, I feel like we only touch the surface with all the different tips and strategies that you can share with us. So thank you again, Nicole, for coming on the show today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I would love to come back anytime. It's been a blast. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or check me out on Instagram. I'm at next.step.social. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.